0: Hello and welcome to the CircuitPython Weekly for July twenty 2019. I'm Scott and I'm sponsored to work on CircuitPython full-time by Adafruit, so check them out at adafruit.com for all your hobby electronics and educational electronics needs. Uh, This is a meeting we have every week on Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Everybody is welcome to join. It's, runs, it's run on the Adafruit Discord server, which you can join at the URL adafru.it slash discord. Um, as I said, everyone can join. Uh, we're happy to hear what people are working on. Um, this is our time in the week to sync up as a community and talk about all things that are happening with CircuitPython. Um, the meeting is recorded, so beware that uh, we are recording both the CircuitPython text channel and and the voices that are in the CircuitPython voice channel as well. Uh, it gets posted on the Adafruit YouTube, which is youtube.com slash Adafruit, and uh, diode zone occasionally. Uh, if you want uh, the recordings emailed to you, uh, you can join the Python for Microcontrollers newsletter at adafruitdaily.com. Um, the links are in there. Just search for weekly meeting. And then um, we also push these me- the audio parts of these meetings out to podcast services so if you want to subscribe and get it auto downloaded that's a great way to do it as well um this meeting is run in five parts uh after the intro we'll do uh community news which is a general overview of some of the news that's happening within circuit python land after community news we do state of circuit python which is a statistics view of the uh of the state of CircuitPython, so both the core and the libraries. And I just realized I need to snag that as well. So I will do that in just a bit. Um, after that, we have Hug Reports, which is done as a round robin. So um, when we do a round robin, the goal is to give everybody a chance to talk about um, what they're working on or uh, whatever the topic is. Uh, Hug Reports is a chance for folks to say thank you to other folks for the work they've been doing within the CircuitPython world. And then, um, so with a round Robin, if you're lurking and you just want us to skip over you, you just say, hey, I'm lurking. Uh, if you don't have a microphone or can't speak where you're at, uh, you can always tell us, hey, I'm text only. If you can't make the meeting, you can still put your notes in the notes doc and, um, then we'll read it off when you're, uh, even though you're not here. And then lastly, uh, full participation would be, uh, just hopping on a mic and telling us what you're up to, um. That's how round-robin works, and Hug Reports are all about saying thank you. Uh, after Hug Reports, we do status updates, which is a minute or two about what you've been working on and, and what you plan on working on in the coming week. Uh, it's a great way to get synchronized on what everybody's working on and give tips and tricks about things as well. And then lastly, we have In the Weed section, which is any longer topics that have come up or people want to talk about uh, In the Weed section is where we can talk about those things. Um And I think that's it for the intro. So let's go to Phil for community
1: news. All right. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. All right. First, uh, this weekend coming up is Pi Ohio. So if there is a live stream of Katni's keynote or photos or whatever or hashtags, um, watch our Twitters and uh, give a shout out to Katni. Um, She's not here in this meeting right now. She's way, and then she's also preparing for her keynote. So I put that in the chat. Looking forward to that this weekend. Mm -hmm. Next up, um, well, speed is not our focus with CircuitPython, it's really great when someone gives you a 10 out of 10 for speed. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll take it. Um, You know, ease of use is what we're all about. That being said, we did make some significant updates to CircuitPython. Um, There's tons of hug reports uh, that everyone will go over um, later. But um, just shout out to everyone on the team who made these speed increases. So Hackspace Magazine had a couple articles, and one of them, they did some testing. We saw this testing script that they used on Pastebin, and I just Mm -hmm. ran it, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of neat. And then later on, I said, hey, was this what you used? And they're like, yeah. So that's going to go out in the newsletter today, and there's also a blog post if you're interested in it. But um, a lot of the things with uh, displays in particular are are super fast. I was using my fake HyperCard, PiperCard, this weekend, (laughs) and it's nearly instantaneous. So I'm really Safe. excited about that. Yeah, like my my own. If you if y'all are familiar with like Twine, the interactive storyteller, or the the choose-your-own-adventure book series, which we have nothing to do with, that we call ours Python Your Own Adventure. Um, you can make really neat interactive fiction pieces with um, some of our projects, and we have that on the Learn system. Um, Scott and Katney were on the Embedded FM podcast, and uh, this is all about Circuit Python and more. So tune into that. The Name of it is in the key of lime. I believe that's from Katni's first project she worked on. Mm-hmm. With and then for Circuit Python Day, which is coming up pretty soon, uh, there is the event in NYC. There is the event in India, and they just released a poster, which I thought was pretty cool. And then on the day of, we'll have a lot of interesting things on our website. So lots of surprises. If you like Circuit Python. On lots of different types of hardware, tune into Adafruit.com on eight eight two thousand nineteen. There's another podcast, uh, embedding, empowering developers with embedded Python. Um, I believe Scott's on that. Also Nina. Uh, that's just Nina. Just Nina. Okay. Yep. I think there was a link or something like that, but I, I know for sure it was Lena. Nina. And then. Um, this is what i'm super excited about this is how to add a new board to CircuitPython. so a lot of times we reach out to people we're like oh that's a cool board um here's how to do here's how to add it to circuitpythonorg downloads you get more people using the board um and now we have a guide on how to do it so now when we reach out to folks or if they're asking us sometimes they're like hey i want to do this how do i do it we have a guide for that and um the latest one that we're probably gonna um uh i talked to them over the weekend is there's a board it's super cool looks like a crab it's this, it's this really neat mm-hmm. word. And I and I'm even though it's not called Krabby Krabby, I'm going to call it Krabby Krabby because um, it's like Mickey Mickey. And so that'll be neat to see that in there. And then last up, if you're interested in someone who's been doing a lot of great work in community and events and bringing people together, Scott Hasselman stopped, stopped by Adafruit on Saturday. Um, he had his nephew, Alan, who's going to be an EE soon. And then we talked about community and his... Uh, long career that he's had at Microsoft. And then uh, I'd say the most important or the most interesting thing that I, I've not um, seen a video or or a lot about this is how he actually made the artificial pancreases. He's he's very open about he's he has diabetes. He's like, here's here's what I have to deal with. Here's what I have to uh, do. And he's he's a programmer and engineer, so he really did a neat job with making something that works for him. So just watch this. Really neat assistive technology and medical technology that he's using. And so we we really dive in, and he showed all the different components and pieces. So that is the community news. Sweet. Thanks, Phil. And that last
0: uh, yeah. video with Scott is definitely on my to watch list today as well.
1: Yeah. And I think you, Scott, you also talked to Scott Hanselman. So there's an upcoming Hansel Minutes,
0: right? With you. Yeah. I think I thought it would be last week, but it may actually be next week. Um,
1: he said, one of my questions to him was, How do you not give up doing a ton of podcasts and stuff? Because he has 700 and we have probably around the same. Right. And he's like, Well, l- lately, because it's like, it's a question. Like, I don't get a chance to talk to people who publish you know, this much. And he said, well, lately I've been, I make sure I have like three or four ready to go. So it's yours is done. I think he just right. gives him a cushion because he's yep. in New York right now. So good strategy. Yep.
0: Yeah. And that's how the Pydev dev of the week worked too. Like I did the email interview thing yeah. like four weeks or more before it actually got posted on the
1: site, which was quite nice. Yeah. We can't do ask an engineer ahead of time. Cause it's like, <laughs> it's like, this is what happened the last 20 minutes. <laughs> cool. All right. Thanks. Thanks Phil. everybody. Yep.
0: All right. And with that, let's move on to the state of Circuit Python and the libraries. Uh, this is, again, just a we have a script called Adabot that uh, gathers some statistics about what's happened with the project. Uh, I just pulled these off our S3, and they are actually uh, as of yesterday, midday. So um, if anything happened in the last 24 or 22 hours, they won't be accounted here. But besides that, uh, it'll give us an idea of where we're at. So um overall, uh in as of last yesterday over the last week, we had 31 pull requests merged, which is quite epic. We have that pretty pretty standard. Um we had 12 different authors. Uh some new folks are Roman Ako- kozak uh Nano Dano are and Frogger with a PH are all new folks there. Um so thank you to all those different authors. We really appreciate all the contributions. We had six reviewers, um, pretty uh, more active folks who are doing the reviewing. So again, if you want to get started with CircuitPython, reviewing is actually a great way to do it. Um, find a device that you have, and some if somebody has a change to it, you can just download it and test it and let us know that it's still working. That's super, super helpful. Um, we had seven closed issues by four people and four opened by four people. So we're, again, net down a few issues, which is awesome. And overall, uh, we're on our second release candidate for 4.1. Uh, one should go live shortly. It's the thing that's provided all the speed-ups. So I uh, saw the article from Hackspace and was like, oh, I suppose we should re- actually release that. Uh <laughs> which is a bit funny. And then, uh, so once 4.1 goes stable, expect to see a pre-release of 5X uh, soon after that. Um, 5X has all of Dan's new BLE work, which is very exciting. And uh, we'll have a few enhancements to display I.O. as well. So um, yeah, it, 5.0 won't be a big milestone, kind of like 3X and 4X, where it will be, more iterative, but it does give us the freedom to tweak some of the APIs. So that's why it's not 4.2, it's 5.0, uh, so that we can tweak and AKA break some, a few APIs that we want to improve. Um, so that's overall. Uh, let's move on to the stats for the core. Um, stats are the, for the core are, we had 15 pull requests merged uh, from four different authors, and uh, we had two reviewers. That's more than normal, so that's good uh, for us. So thanks to everybody for those PRs. Uh, We had nine open pull requests as of yesterday, so uh, if you want to see what those are, check out the notes uh, for the meeting. Uh, We had two closed issues by one person and one open by another person, so we are net down by one for a total of 182 open issues. Uh, Hoping to close a few more this week, so we should get down even more. Uh, We had six active milestones, uh, one of which should be closed, but I guess it hasn't been merged to master. So there's one open issue for 4.1, but I think I fixed that with the dirty bitmap tracking. Uh, We have 38 open issues for 4X, and we have two open issues for 4XX, which are bug fixes, Um, and we have four open issues for 5X. So we're going to have to rejigger our milestones a bit here as we move into 5.0. Um, but that'd be all right, and uh, we have zero issues not assigned to milestone, so that's a good place to be. Uh, download stats wise, uh, we have two. We have a stable release, which is four hundred two, and it's had uh, three thousand two hundred twenty three downloads, and we've had forty six downloads on the release candidate one, which is our unstable release, uh, which just got released on Friday. So uh, that's like two days worth of downloads on unstable. Not super surprising. Uh, so if you haven't tried it, uh, please do uh, update your stuff to the 4.1 RC1. It should be stable, um, but just better in every way, <laughs> or, or better in a lot of ways than 4.0.2, so give that a shot. And uh, let us know if you do find anything that is a game uh, or a showstopper uh, so that we can put the brakes on on making that stable and getting more people downloading it. Um, let's move on to libraries. Uh Since Katany's out, I will roll right into that as well. Um, uh, On the library side, we had 16 pull requests merged as well from nine different authors, which is epic. Um, And we had six reviewers. And again, uh, as it goes to show, uh, if you want to get started, reviewing is a great way to get started. Uh, We had 33 open pull requests across all of the different libraries, which uh, it's pretty standard. Um, There's a lot of libraries, so... (laughs) 33 is not not too big. Um, and they're listed in the notes doc as well, but I will not read those off. Um, Issues-wise, uh, five closed issues by four people, three open by three people for a total of 118 open issues currently. And there's a link to the circuitpython.org slash libraries slash contributing landing page, which will give you all that information. Uh, library updates, uh, in terms of the last seven days, uh, we had one new library, which is, uh, the mini MQTT library, which is bringing MQTT to, uh, airlift powered boards. And that's thanks to Brent, uh, updated libraries. We had, the, uh, the ESP 32 spy library updated, PI updated, simple IO, hue, Cursor control, Adafruit IO, and Tiny Laura all updated in the last week. So thank you to everyone uh, who updated those. Uh, and that's it for libraries. Let's go on to Hug reports. So Hug reports are done as a round robin. So let us know if you are lurking uh, or text only, uh, and we will skip over you or whatever uh, appropriately. Um, Hug Reports are a chance for folks to say thank you to other folks for the work that they've been doing. Um, It's a great way to uh, both give people credit for where credit is due, and it's also uh, good for us to see the things that we value as a community. So um, definitely like to do that. Uh, I will start, and then we'll circle back and uh, go through the list. So let me take a time code. So I'm taking time codes, uh, I didn't say it earlier, but uh, if you don't want to watch the hour-ish long video of the whole meeting, I mean, y'all are here uh, listening now, but um, you can read the notes and skip through to the interesting discussion. So that's why I'm taking them. Okay, so uh, for me, Hug Reports, uh, first and foremost, is Dan, uh, Hug Report to Dan for continued BLE progress and uh, the pull the request reviews for my stuff. Uh, Thanks to Dan for that. Uh, Thank you to Sedacious, Arturo, 182, Summersoft, and MS Costi for the continued good work on the ESP uh, web serving. I really enjoyed following along on that issue where it was like, oh, yeah, like, Python has a standard API for how this stuff works, and we should just do that. Uh, That was really good investigation amongst all of you, so thank you uh, for finding that and and, uh, making things standard, which is cool um thank you to dashipu and Summersoft for helping folks in the discord I was getting caught up last night and saw that um so thanks to those folks and then lastly uh again uh, nina zakarenko who's a friend of ours and works at microsoft and um, was a guest on talk python with me which is a pretty popular python ca- uh podcasts, and she talks all about all her different projects and hardware and and things like that. So thanks to Nina and uh, Michael, the guy who does the podcast, for taking the time to do that. And with that, let's circle back to Brent. Hello. Hello. Um,
2: I want to give a hug report to MS Cozy for their work on the ESP32 Spy server access point. It's really interesting work, and I can see a lot of people using it for different applications. Um, Scott and Katni for the Embedded FM expert. Experience or appearance, whatever. My favorite <laughs> podcast on Friday. Nice. Um, Dan for continued BLE work. I don't do much with BLE right now, but it's really interesting to see it as another protocol and see how it's moving. Uh, Terry from MCCI for questions I had about a specific radio module revision number. And lots of thanks to Adam for helping me dig into the MQTT protocol the past few weeks and his review notes on the library I wrote.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Brent. Uh, All right, Carter, are you lurking? Oh, no, you're a chipmunk. All right. Uh, Do you want to type in, Carter, what you were... I'll read it off if you want to. Group hug from Carter. Okay. All right. And Dan for support on the forum. And uh, good luck to Catney for PyOhio. Awesome. Okay, thanks, Carter. And Charles is lurking, so we'll go to Dan.
3: Hi, everybody. Uh, thanks, Scott, for reviewing the, the BLE PRs that I had. One was for the core CircuitPython, and one was for the Adafruit BLE library. Which changed because the BLE IO module API changed, and we added I added functionality. So that's great. That's they're all of a piece, and the PRs are accepted now. Uh, and thanks to Jerry for testing the BLE code in a variety of ways, and he actually didn't find anything that broke, which is fantastic and unusual. <laughs> mm-hmm. And thanks to Here Effect, which is Lucian, um, for. Working on STM32F4, and there's a PR that he just submitted moments ago. We'll talk about that later. Uh, for initial work on that, for a new, a brand new chip family, for um, mm-hmm. for CircuitPython, which is great. Right. Okay.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Dan. Okay. Uh, I think Deshipu is. Oh, you have your mic working. Go ahead can you hear me now yep okay
4: okay so i have a new shield for the d1 mini uh, boards that that is compatible with the pew pew uh, light uh, feather wing Mm -hmm. so it's basically exactly electrically electrically the same as pew pew light only fit in a much smaller uh, form factor uh, and uh, it's full of VS, basically because of that. but mm-hmm. What can I? <laughs> yeah, it was a hell uh, to to try to to make. Are you doing Anyways, Are you uh... doing
0: hug reports? Oh my God! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you're getting ahead of yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry.
4: Uh, so yeah, to to Scott for for uh, the work on the uh, monochrome. Uh, display IR I haven't been able to try it yet but uh, I'm sure it will be great and grab uh, group hack awesome everyone.
0: thank you and we'll get you to you shortly for uh, status updates as well All right, uh, hair effect do you have hug reports?
5: Uh, yeah, big thanks to um, Dan and to Scott uh, for all their help uh, the past two weeks on getting the SDM32 port up and running. Um, group Hub for everybody else uh, in terms of building all the stuff up to that. And uh, I guess thanks to TAC uh, for his uh, quick responses on some of the USB issues that uh, we've been working through.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Cool. All right, go ahead, Jerry.
6: Yeah, hi. Uh, congratulations to everybody for the uh, 5.0 Alpha. And uh, and Dan, thanks for the continued BLE updates and uh, give me something to try and break.
0: Awesome. All right. Thanks, Jerry. All right. The next person is Jay Tripp, who is uh, text only, so I'll read it off. Jtrip says, uh, thanks to Maker Melissa for reviewing my First Circuit Python library PR, and thanks to Brent for work on the cursor control library. So welcome, Jtrip. Thanks for making the meeting. And we'll go to Maker Melissa.
7: Hi, thanks. Um, So I wanted to give a hug report to you and Katni for your great Embedded FM podcast, and just a group hug to everyone.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Maker Melissa. Yeah. All right. So Ms. Costi is text only, so I'll read that off. Um, says, uh, hug report to sedacious, Summersoft, Brent Rue for all the great feedback and suggestions on my PRs. Learned that the uh, whiskey interface exists, which should work out well. And uh, thanks to Arturo182 for taking time to test out the server PR before his vacation. So, thank you, MS Costi. I'm a little sad that you changed your name from Robots Go Boop, but I understand that it matches your GitHub, so that makes sense. Um, Noe is lurking, so we'll go to SummerSoft.
8: Hello. Hello. Uh, so, I got a hug for uh, Carlos. I believe it's C4 d7 on github uh for implementing the um missing board builds for uh mm. for travis on the course so um that was nice to see that done and i think they're kind of new to python so it was it was nice to watch them uh, work through it. and then just uh group up
0: awesome thank you Summersoft. all right and lastly we have uh tammy makes things who uh, is not in the meeting but i'll read it off um Tammy says, uh, hug report to the whole community because CircuitPython is awesome, but especially right now all the folks working on the Display.io library. And I see C. Grover just popped in and is typing, so we'll, we'll just see. C. Grover, if you have a mic, feel free to pop it on. Lurking, Seagrover <laughs> says, lurking, loving RC1, which is awesome. All right. And uh, with that, let's go on to status updates. So, status updates are done in the same way where we do it as a round robin, but we uh, instead, we're talking about what we're working on and what we plan on, what we worked on in the last week and what we plan on working in the coming week. Uh, it's really handy for just keeping track of what everybody's doing and getting tips and tricks uh, past. Uh, between each other um let's see there's lots of lurkers today that we're having to keep track of um all right let me start us off i think yeah so if you're lurking and you already let us know that's cool um but if you're if you just dropped in let us know as well um okay so for me uh last week was uh well, first and foremost, the embedded.fm interview with Katni and I is live. Uh, there's a link here, which did it just get posted? I'll post it again. Um, cause I know Charles wanted a, a link to it. So there's that. Um, I listened to most of it and it was just turned out really well. And I was, uh, really liked that Katni was on it with me. So I, thanks to her for that. Um, I released a 4.0 RC1 with bitmap dirty tracking fix. Uh, so if you actually change a bitmap that is being that is being displayed somehow on the display, it will actually cause the, di- the display to refresh when you change the bitmap, which is cool. Um, and I also added it so that if you're only showing the bitmap in a tile grid, it will actually be smarter and only refresh the part of the bitmap that changed. Uh, it means that the demos that uh, Dave Estelles did for um, Paint and Turtle are faster, and you don't have to have a sleep in there to make sure that it um, doesn't stipple it. Um, so yeah, uh, that's in, uh, and I also tagged uh, 5.0 Alpha 0, and uh, kind of that means that Master now is for 5x releases. Uh, there is a branch uh, 4.1.x, 4.1.x, which is for the 4.1.0 releases. So, um, just be aware of that. Uh, generally, we'll want to just th- have things on master. We'll have a pre-release out shortly for for that branch. So, uh, don't be too scared about getting stuff right into master. You'll it will get out soon. Just once 4.1 is stable. Um, we, I have a PR for the OLED support, which is also the like monochrome and multi-color uh, depth. It's waiting for a final review last I looked last night. Um, and then this week, I kind of have two things that I'm shooting for. One is adding a hidden property to, I think, both tile grid and group. So you can just say, like, oh, this thing in my stack up, like, I just want to hide it for a little while. Um, so I'll... I may actually take a crack at that today, um, since it's probably a smaller amount of work than this other item, which is going to be uh, trying to get e ink support. And I think what I'll the way I'll do that is I'll actually have a different uh display IO class to manage e inks. So you won't do display IO.display, you'll do displayio.e-ink or something, and have different uh, options there uh, to initialize it with. Um, yeah, so that's uh, what will one thing that will come with that is the we I may tweak the display IO APIs around waiting for a frame and refreshing soon uh, just because e inks you really should only refresh like every three minutes or so so making sure that you don't refresh early and then have to wait three minutes will be important so um, and that will go in the into master so it'll be in five as well. Uh, And that's what I'm working on. Let's circle back and talk with Brent.
2: Hello. The past week I released and shipped uh, Mini MQT. It's a non-network hardware-dependent MQTT client
3: implementation.
2: So you can use it with Wi-Fi or I'm going to work on Ethernet maybe later this week. And I'm excited about some of the projects which use HTTP, which is kind of slow moving over to using MQTT. It's so a really target build for speed and lightweight, and it's really fast. Um, nice. There's a new release of the AdafruitIO CircuitPython library with an MQTT class, which uses uh, mini MQTT as dependency. Um, so I retained it in one file, and then you can just choose whether you want an HTTP class or an MQTT class, and it's a good like boilerplate if you're working with a different API like Azure or AWS IoT. Um, I fixed an issue with TinyLora that was occurring for the Arduino and CircuitPython library. Um, fixed an issue of cursor control on the PyGamer, and I started a learn guide for using MiniMQTT. And this week, I'm currently just typing, um, finishing um, a learn guide about MQTT for CircuitPython. It's going to target um, both Adafruit IO as a broker and then whatever broker you want. So. A commercial broker or a broker that you're hosting on like a raspberry pi for example and it's a kind of difficult library to get a hold of so i'm taking a little bit extra time to write this guide and make sure my explanations are good mm. um i'm also going to be splitting requests out of esp32 spy we're kind of doing a little bit of work on making some of these networking libraries uh hardware independent so once we get new networking hardware we're not tied to only using Wi-Fi for everything, because there are other ways to connect. Right. And that's going to be another library, Uh, some prototypes to assemble. And then I'm going to start a pretty large sweep over the six or seven Adafruit IO basics guides um, using the CircuitPython Adafruit IO library, which was discussed last summer. And now we're finally getting to (laughs) it this summer, which is really exciting. Good. That's my
0: news. Awesome. Keep up the great work. All right, uh, Carter. Do you want to try your mic? Yes. That sounds Better. good. Woo-hoo.
9: Yeah. Just keep punching Discord till it finally works. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to discuss uh, is this uh, We NoonChuck library I wrote. Okay. I did this totally uh, AT makers. Uh, you know, poster a request for it. I'm sure that NoonChuck can be a really useful thing for him to use as a as an input device for various projects. Mm-hmm. And I took a quick look at what was out there, and a lot of people had already done all the hard work to figure out the ones and zeros to pass, and it was just yet another I2C thing, essentially. So it was very mm-hmm. simple to just throw together a CircuitPython library form real quick. And this weekend, I was throwing it into the community bundle mm-hmm. so it could just live a larger life and more people could contribute, Right. and uh, belated hug to Lady Ada for jumping in saying, go ahead and just make it in the Adafruit repo to the mm. bundle instead. It's like, sweet, if you're up for it, let's do it. <laughs> so I got it all transferred over there. It's added in the bundle. Okay. Um, pretty obvious link where the library lives. So cool. It's out there, it's live, play with it. And it's kind of seems to not have, be very robust. Uh, it kind of works for me, it kind of semi works for Bill. Depends on what Noon you use, etc. cetera. Huh. Uh, so since this is kind of a reverse engineered thing it's kind of hard to piece together exactly what's going on. And I haven't really gotten super hands-on on on it yet. Right. So, but now that it lives um, in an Adafruit repo and it's in the bundle, it's opened up for anyone to
0: play with and contribute. So please help. Awesome. That's all I got. Thanks. Thanks, Carter. All right. Uh, Seagrover is looking, but posted a couple pictures into the discord chat. Um, one is of a feather wing it looks like that's generating different uh waves, like uh analog waveforms, which looks neat. It's the eighty nine eight three three featherwing. And there's a link to the GitHub in there as well. And then C. Grover backs goes back into Lurk mode. So let's go to Dan
3: okay so as mentioned um there were prs uh for uh new ble functionality those have been reviewed and they're now accepted and there's a pre-release of the adafruit BLE library so it's not in the bundle but if you go to the releases pa- pages page mm-hmm. for adafruit BLE, it will be there and i've just started working on BLE pairing and bonding which is um not incredibly complicated but uh there's a lot of detail and so uh, we'll, I'll work toward that and then we'll make a few services available that need pairing and bonding. One possibility is that there's a really simple time service so that you could get the time from your phone and read that time on your local, um, or on, a, on a Feather 52840 or something like that. And also BLE HID, which is more work. So maybe I'll get the time service working first, assuming it's actually simpler, and then start working on HID. Okay. Cool.
0: Sounds cool, Dan. Thanks. Okay. All right. Uh, Deshipu.
4: Okay. I already told you about the D1 mini shoot so I won't repeat that. Uh, I'm also still working on the new version of QPU with a display. Mm. So waiting for, for PCBs on that. And uh, during the, the workshops, we wrote a couple of Additional games for for pew, pew. there is now Sokoban and uh, Boulder Dash for it. So, so more games and uh, yeah, there is a Light Cycles games, which is basically a snake for two, where you compete uh, trying to to make the the opponent run into you. Hmm. Uh, that's two person game on on a pew, pew where you, each each person uses two buttons to control their, their snake mm-hmm. basically so that's going to be available soonish as well awesome and that's it
0: sweet thank you all right let's go to hair effect okay so um this week uh,
5: i've been wrapping up so are just getting prepped up for the pull request for the um, SDM32 integration for the F412 and F411. Um, so uh, that first, um, kind of the first edition of this is you have uh, REPL access through uh, UART. Um, we haven't, we ran into some snags with USB, um, but luckily we've had some quick responses on that and uh, we're looking to get support in um, pretty quickly. Uh, I think we'll be able to probably get that in um, within the next couple days, if not today. Um, uh, and then the first, the initial kind of pared down addition of this just has, we've got digital IO working and I've got um, prototypes coming up uh, for I squared C. Beyond that, I think um, I was, I've been working on kind of conditionalizing uh, modules kind of across um, the, the port system just to make it easier for really minimal ports to exist. Mm. Uh, just because I, I believe that this is the, if I'm not wrong, this is the first uh, kind of from zero port that we've had. Um, and uh, I'd, I'd like to at some point uh, potentially make a very, very minimal framework for a port. Mm-hmm. Um, could be a potential starting point if somebody wanted to put in uh, Cypress support or support for, you know, NXP boards or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Um, they would have something that kind of guides them through the process of getting a project building, knowing which modules to include uh, where, um, and, you know, maybe even have like a tutorial process for that. Since mm-hmm. um, once everything is, is kind of conditionalized and, and uh, you're aware of kind of what all the different parts do, Getting a, a port is, uh, is really pretty straightforward for those early steps. So, mm-hmm. uh, hoping to get more work done this week on just those basic modules and USB, and then uh, we'll see what where we go from
4: there.
0: Awesome! Sounds super cool. Yeah, I've been thinking about a similar port, so that would be a neat thing to think about after after the STMs a bit further. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. All right. Uh, Hakuza tu- tuna is uh lurking i can never say that jason p is lurking as well uh, i will read off jeff epler's update he's not here but he's alphabetically next um jeff says uh for nrf pwm audio uh, uh, majority of functionality is in poll request 2000 uh, working on pause and resume working on any reviewed I- items that are noted on the poll request and attending PyOhio, which i believe is next Weekend, yeah, I can just <laughs> say Phil, but that's okay. Um, okay, let's go to Jerry.
6: Hi, um, so I spent some time last week playing. Uh, uh, got a Raspberry Pi four and I put Buster on it. And first time I tried to use it, it with the RFM9x libraries, and uh, um, it didn't work. And uh, there was a, turns out there was a known issue with the RPi GPIO library that. Didn't support pull-ups properly, so that has now been resolved, and, okay. it, and just tested it. It all works great now, so nice to see that. So I think the Raspberry Pi Four is back online, and so that means now I can start migrating all my all my pies to four to Buster. <laughs>
0: that
6: um, And it's some some BLD testing, um, not too, but enough to to play with it a little bit, especially with the, the new five zero release and. And, um, and then the new BLE release that, so that fixed some issues with that. So it all seems to be working quite well. Nice work, Dan. And, um, and then uh, I spent a bunch of time um, looking into an issue where uh, a, a poster on um, Discord had asked, uh, was trying to take a Pi Gamer and put um, you know, an ESP32. He's trying to use a Huzzah32 feather. Hmm. And um, I said, well, yeah, it should work fine. So I plugged an airlift in, and it worked great, uh, no problems at all. But the Hazar Thirty Two, well, he was first trying to plug the Hazza Thirty Two in. You, you can't do that, um, but you should be able to wire it up. And I ran into some issues that um, maybe that I brought up as an as an in the weeds discussion. Okay, that there seems to be something funky going on with the with back powering things, mm-hmm. at least from the Pi Gamer, with anything but the airlift. So, um, we can talk about that
0: later, but it
6: was interesting and somewhat educational.
0: Right. Interesting. Yeah. I'll, i I'm excited to hear more about that. Okay. Okay. J trip is lurking. So we'll go to maker, Melissa. Hello. Hello.
7: So last week. <laughs> Last week, I updated eight Arduino display guides to reflect drawing out uh, bitmaps with image reader library. Uh, I did a bunch of Raspberry Pi form support with some display shoes. I added an example to the new 320x240 ST7789-based display. I helped Katny with some info for her keynote. I added the Raspberry Pi computer modules and started uh, adding boards to the CircuitPython.org website this week i'm going to be working on a, getting the i badger fixed for the Pi badge LC because it doesn't have the accelerometer uh, i want to add the t7735 arduino library um display examples to support the new 320 by 240 display and also add a PI badge. And then I want to add, there's a missing setup uh, pi file for the display text library I want to um, fix because it's uh, choking on releases. Um, I want to add the, all the new compute module boards to the circuitpython.org website and finish adding the gut the guide for adding the boards to them mm. and that's it
0: that sounds like a lot
7: <laughs> yeah it does sound like a lot now that i
0: <laughs> <laughs> well keep up the good work melissa thanks all right uh ms costi and Noi are looking so we'll go to somersoft
8: hello again hello um so for last week um I'd I'd noticed for Adabot, the PyPI download stats, they get run every day. Um, I'd noticed it on Thursday, and then uh, Mike B shot me a message on Friday, I believe it was, asking me to look into it. But basically, the PyPI stats um, were failing. The report was failing. Um, So I looked into that. It was a pretty easy troubleshooting session, uh, because it all comes from pypistats.org, and the website itself was timing out and giving 502 gateway error, So Mm. that was the problem. Um, It came back up on Sunday. Uh, So I ran a local, uh, I ran the script locally and the report worked fine. And then yesterday's cron job on Travis uh, ran fine as well. Um, Going forward, I just kind of put this in here. Um, I mean, we can, it's worked pretty much for the most part. So we can just keep using PyPI stats. Mm-hmm. Um and accept any any downtimes like that just occurred. Uh I think there's a couple other different API services that maybe have better uptime. I don't know. Um but then there's the the hard version which is where we could end up doing our own stats retrieval um using the Google BigQuery stuff.
7: Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
8: if that was wanted, but I just kind of put those options in there just
0: have you in chatted case. with the PIPAI PyPI- IPi stats people at all
8: i haven't and i don't the, the website itself is like it looks like something i would make because i'm not a web dev person ah. so yeah <laughs> it's really simple um and i don't even think there's a, a contact on there okay um, but i mean we could look into it um, yeah
0: that's probably where i'd start because maybe we could throw them money instead
8: yeah Uh, so that was it for that. And then, um, for Rosie pie, I finally got my set of Ansible playbooks to run without failure, um, which allows, uh, the pie that I'm using or anybody who wants to try and run it as well to both be initially set up, um, manage a couple services, uh, for the web face, the interface with, um, GitHub checks API. And, um, and then to automatically, to remain up to date uh, with the configuration as it is um, with the repos and whatnot mm-hmm. using a cron tab. Um But it still needs a, I won't call it a slight fix. It's a pretty big fix. Um, and then I also worked with uh, Carlos on that uh, missing board builds check in Travis. Right. And is that uh, merged then... in? It is not. I actually left it open. I approved the changes as they are now. Um, I left it open for you. Okay. Um, I, uh, there's an open question in there if you want to take a look at it.
0: Yeah, I'll try to take a look today.
8: It's basically, so there are... Do we want to ignore any boards in it? You know, so right. I gave an example of the the Trinket Hackspress. Because um, I don't know that many people are making those, but... Right. At any rate. Okay. Yeah, I'll take uh, a look. So for, th- for this week, um, the only thing I really have on the list is more Rosie pie. So I have to rework the the installation of uh, GCC ARM embedded. I don't know why I thought it was going to work. I don't think I even thought about it. I just pointed it to download the 64-bit tarball, which Raspbian definitely didn't like. Um, hmm. So now uh, the only real option that I can see going forward is to compile it from source, which that should be fun. And then uh, I start, actually, now that I have everything on the Raspberry Pi, um, I'm going to start verifying and getting the uh, test framework running and communicating with the, a board connected to it. So Cool. That's what I got.
0: Awesome. Thank you, SummerSoft. And you. lastly, I've got uh, Tammy makes things status update to read off. So I will take a time code and do that. Um, Tammy says, uh, last week was 3- 3D printing a whole bunch of flexi-dragons dra- for people, which is this Thingiverse URL. Uh, copy link. And then uh, design of my parking space distance sensor project and connecting a STEM connector to my Max Botox ultrasonic sensor so I can use my Pi Gamer as my test platform uh this week figuring out display io enough to be able to get my first test of the parking sensor done this week that's what tammy's up to all right and with that that's uh status updates let's move on to the final section of the meeting which is in the weeds uh in the weeds is a chance for us to talk about any sort of random stuff that may take a bit longer to discuss um If you have topics for it, feel free to drop those in the notes like some folks already have. um, Or you can also drop them in the text chat, and we'll pick those up and throw those in the notes doc for you. Uh, But putting uh, just kind of a text thing in there is the easiest way for us to keep track of that. So please do one of those two things if you have topics to cover. And uh, with that, we'll start with Jerry for the first one. Yeah,
6: so as I started to describe, what I the, the bottom line is, I, t- I took a Pi Gamer and put an airlift feather wing on it, and it works great. Um, no, no problems at all. So then I took a um, an ESP32 Huzzah um feather and just wired up the eight necessary pins. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, this SPI pins, reset, as uh, the, the uh, all the standard pins, and hooked it up. and... Whenever I make the connection, I always have the Pi Gamer t- switch turned off. So I plug in the USB port and immediately start hearing this sort of squealing coming out of the speaker. Huh. Uh, that's kind of weird. So I, I sort of ignored that and turned it on and it works great. Um, no problems at all. Except that when you turn it off, again, when you turn off the switch, the Neopixels start doing some pretty funky things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, oh, that's kind of weird. So... Um, and then again, another user was having similar similar issues. So I started looking, digging into the schematics, and looking and trying to understand things. And clearly, on powering, passing the USB over from to the ESP32 mm-hmm. to power it, and that is obviously is going to turn on the ESP32 board completely because right. there's nothing right. to not turn it on. And so I thought, well, that, that makes maybe there's just some something feeding power back somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's you know not a good situation. So I tried looking at the differences with the airlift, and clearly the airlift has, you know, there are some some real differences in the way it's connected. But one thing I, I measured a voltage and saw that when you have the switch off, the airlift doesn't power up. So it looks like, even though it's not completely clear to me how that the enable is still getting pulled down on the on the airlift feather wing when you connect it, and so it doesn't power on unless you close the switch. Right. So that, that, that's the way it, it works great. So it's just with the breakout, various breakout boards that problems occur. So clearly it, and so the worst one was this case with the Huzzah Feather. So then I tried a um, an airlift th- a breakout board
8: mm-hmm.
6: and my first test was, oh it, it seemed, it like worked fine, no, no issues. Then I looked a little closer and realized, but well, no, um, actually if I listened really closely when I turned off the switch at the end if I shut it down and Turned off the switch. I hear some some noise coming out of the speaker, not before, but only after. Hmm. So that, I don't know what that's about. And with an ESP32 breakout board, it again seemed to be okay when you first turn everything on, or first don't turn, just hook everything up and plug in the USB to the to the Pi Gamer, but leave the switch off. I didn't hear anything,
0: mm-hmm.
6: but when I turned everything off, then the Neopixel stayed on. And so, again, this something's odd, right? So, I don't know where to go. I'm trying to figure out where to go with it, whether to even worry about it. One thing I did test is back on the Feather Huzzah 32, if instead of feeding VUSB over, I feed 3.3 volts over to the 3.3 volts on the Feather, everything works great. Hmm. So, you know, which I so I don't know where the feedback's occurring. One something
0: is definitely. One place I've seen it happen is like most of the microcontroller pins have protection uh diodes on them and you can if you have like your your um your miso line right so master in slave out like if that's okay. being held high and but it's being held high to the like the original chip that's off like because that line will be higher than the source voltage you can actually get Going through the protection diode to like the three point three rail.
8: Ah, okay. Um,
0: out of the samd twenty one, I've seen things like that happen. Okay, um, um, so
6: that it's just a heads up to people, a warning. I don't know. One of my questions was this: Is this an issue? Should I post it somewhere? And if so, where? <laughs> and you know, it's like I said, the feather ring seems to everything everything plays really nicely. I would, but. I, if anyone,
0: yeah, I would suggest the the support forum, and then like either Lamar oh, okay. or somebody else can take a look at it and just be like, okay. oh yeah, don't do that, or like, oh yeah, we should <laughs> add a diode here or something.
6: Okay, I'll, I'll I'll try and write it up and put it in there. Um, yeah, and um, is, and I assume there's really no problem using three volts passing it from that regulator to the other device. Although maybe you can get, if if there is an issue, well, maybe that maybe that's still not a, a good
0: situation if the it's just a matter of like how many amps the the regular yeah. can source, I think. Right. And like um, when okay. you, you probably peak pretty high with the Wi Fi transmissions too.
5: When
6: are these going? Yeah, I wasn't doing a lot with it. I was just sort of trying to run simple tests and trying it out. Okay. So okay. Um didn't know if that was something anybody else was trying if, if people want to make their put their, their Pi gamers online. Right. It's a tempting thing to do. So um
0: Yeah, C. Grover, do you have ideas about that? I assume that's why you unlocked. Mike may not be working. But but the
6: other place that I was looking as to whether because of the uh, well, at first, at first I thought everything was working okay, except for the has uh, the Feather, uh, ESP32, and I thought maybe that the CP2104 USB bridge has has a connection to the reset line. Mm. didn't know if that was messing things up but then when i realized now it's still there's still some issues with with any of the breakout boards so
0: Hmm.
6: uh, i think the issue is having you know that power maybe you know so maybe looking at the other lines is 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 better
0: right so all right i'll post it
6: to the uh, forums thanks
0: yeah and then then we can have one more look at it too so okay audio amp and neos are powered by usb oh they're not on the 3.3 volt line can you leak? You could probably leak 3.3 back.
6: Yeah, there is one funny little signal that's on the Pi Gamer that I've never seen on another thing. On D thirteen, there's this pin that comes up. The ID pin off the off the USB mm-hmm. goes into D thirteen, which is actually used by the airlift and by all these connections. Hmm. I didn't think it was. I tried moving it to another, and it didn't seem to make any difference. But I don't know if that's significant.
0: Yeah, I would I would do the support form because then Lamore can get back to you about what she okay. what she Great. she she knows all those like you know real hardware things better than I do. <laughs> all right, thanks. All right, okay. Let's go to the ship. Yeah,
4: okay. I we we were just before the meeting discussing uh, some issues, mm-hmm. and I noticed that uh, somebody has uh, similar problems with Avio IO that I have. Mm-hmm. Where we're repeatedly playing different sounds from the WAV file. Uh, every time you create a WAV file, it allocates those two buffers right. of 512 bytes, which is uh, quite big. Mm-hmm. And if you have any code running in between, uh, you are likely to have some memory fragmentation, right. and your program will eventually crash with memory error when you try to play a sound. So right. I'm, I'm thinking, so what, one solution to that uh, is to, everywhere where, where we are allocating a buffer mm-hmm. to allow passing a pre-allocated buffer from uh, created by the, by the user right. at the beginning of the program. Yep. So this way we can, first of all, we, we avoid this uh, memory error thing. Right. Well, it may still error due to fragmentation later on if, if some other code Allocating things, but at least it's not uh, the right. completely unrelated thing that is crashing. Yep. And second thing is is that then you can reuse the same buffer for several different things. Right. Uh, so, for instance, uh, we do the same thing in the bitmap mm-hmm. when we are creating a bitmap, or uh, probably. <sighs> Sorry probably in several other places. So right. so I'd like to propose maybe a pattern that we, we could agree to use, to have a, like a standard uh, key, keyword argument right. for passing a buffer. And of course, uh, uh, like uh, rise uh, an exception if the buffer is not large enough right. for the particular use case
3: right. we, we
4: need it for, but uh, it should be possible to use a bigger one. Yeah. Then this way we can reuse the, the same buffer for different different things.
0: Right. Yeah, I'm totally on board with that.
4: Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I I can't promise to 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 write up here a uh, pull request for that uh, this week, but right. uh, I w- I will try to look into that. Okay. sorry.
3: One question. One question I had is that. Um... In some cases I uh, in the constructor I pass in a size of a buffer to allocate and then the buffer is allocated for the life of the object. But is that not long enough? Like maybe I'm I'm thinking I'm not I'm not familiar with the audio IO on the top of my head, but for instance in the B L E stuff I pass in a buffer size mm-hmm. like for there's a FIFO, like there's a thing called characteristic buffer, which is a FIFO for BLE characteristics. And so I don't actually pass a buffer in but just a size and then it uses it doesn't it, it that's static. Right. sort of is that good enough or is that with that is it are there are there cases in audio IO where you're creating new
0: I think PW? it's like it's like imagine you have a bunch of wave files for a bunch of different sound effects and like each one of those wave files allocates a K or something.
3: Okay. So which and what 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 class is being used to play them? Uh, that doesn't
0: matter. It's it doesn't matter it matters that you're doing the audioio.wav file.
3: Object. Oh, 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 oh. Like okay, it's, bu- okay. it's, it's
0: it's it's a buffer coming in from the file system.
3: I see. I see. Um, okay. All right.
0: But yeah, the issue is that like if you have if you're creating those objects just so that you can play a sound and then once you you once you play the sound they're done.
3: Right, that's a bad. Right, then you're and just turning like your memory. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: I think for I think for characteristics like you're getting at, I don't necessarily think we need it. But I think for this case where it's like, oh, I just want to like create the object just enough, just long enough so I can play it back and then be done. Like, it makes makes yeah, sense. for
4: for for things that you create at the beginning of your program and you keep them as globals or whatever,
0: right? They, they are
4: kept through the life of your program. That is. Uh, less uh, of a problem though no, mm-hmm. it it i think it still would be useful to have that because then you can reuse the same buffer
8: yeah so I, i'm understanding this is a basically a, a, a static area that's available to everything it doesn't it's not dynamically built it's it's there and it's protected for whatever buffer you want to use is that correct
4: Yes, exactly. So that that's one use pattern, of course. You could have several different buffers if you need to use several different things at the same time. Right. And, you know, you don't uh, have to have one single area. But, uh, you know, the, the, this parameter, this, this option of creating your own buffer gives you a lot of flexibility.
0: Right. Yeah, and one thing I was thinking about, too, is, like, maybe we should add a way to tell... Python, like, from here to here, don't allocate anything. And then, like, you can know that, like, a particular piece of code is not doing any allocations.
4: Uh, that's getting complex very fast. <laughs> because then you need exceptions to that. Yes, yeah. And, well, uh, yeah. And uh, basically, we already have that. We already can just allocate a buffer uh, at the beginning. And, and that works.
0: Well, I'm just talking about, like, if you want to know exactly, like, whether a piece of code allocates or not. How would you assert that this chunk doesn't?
4: Well, I don't think Python is designed to give you information.
0: (laughs) Well, right, yeah, it's not something CPython will do, but that doesn't, like... C Python does have these APIs that allow you to provide buffers to them rather than it creating buffers on your behalf and so like or like allocating on your behalf so like it would be interesting that you could you know this is of well, course yeah, for advanced I think, but
4: I think C Python is mostly written with the assumption that you have infinite memory
0: well the, that's not entirely true given that like struct has read into. Like there, there are read into variations at the lowest level of things.
4: Okay, yeah, that that's a bit old, I think.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that may actually be for more performance reasons than than running out of memory. It's just like hitting a GC or like hitting a bad case on the allocation could be slow.
4: Yeah, that, that's definitely true. If you if you use less memory, your program is also likely to be faster.
0: Right. But yeah, so I, I I think it could be interesting to be able to actually just say like this piece in this low level library we've written so that it doesn't actually allocate anything, and just having a way of just telling CircuitPython like let me know if I do.
4: <laughs> so are you thinking of something like uh, a with statement that disables memory allocation?
0: Yeah, it could be a wh- it could be a context manager, or it could just be two function calls. Uh,
4: Rise as a memory error. Every time something tries to allocate,
0: exactly, yeah. So the only thing you'd be able to allocate during that period is the exception itself.
4: Yeah, but uh, okay, but that doesn't solve the, the problem with audio I/O for me, at least. No, like, I it doesn't. Actually, it doesn't, but it would
0: be. It would no. be. It would help you find the fact that it was allocating, potentially.
4: Well, I know it is allocating. I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. I I knew I know that from the fact that it rises a memory error, actually. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I so, think constructors so. are weird too, but yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, so I, I will I will uh, try to to propose at least a, a work in progress uh, PR. Okay. So maybe, maybe for audio I/O at the beginning, and then we yep. can discuss further.
0: Yeah, and we can yeah we can discuss that API and then apply it elsewhere where where we need it. For sure. Okay. And with that, let's uh, wrap it up. Um, thank you to everybody who's made the meeting this week. Uh, this is the Circuit Python Weekly. It happens Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, if there's a U.S. holiday on the Monday, we will usually either cancel or move it to a different day. Uh, those notifications go out to the Circuit Pythonistas role on dis- the Adafruit Discord. So if you're in this meeting, and you want to get pinged about uh, updates for the meeting, uh, have us add you to the Circuit Python uh, Circuit role so you get those notifications. Um, everybody's welcome to join the meeting, so just let us know um, or just drop in when you are. Um, this meeting has been recorded and will go up on the Adafruit YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com/Adafruit. Goes on Diode Zone occasionally when I do it, and then it's also in the Python for Microcontrollers newsletter uh, that you can sign up for at AdafruitDaily.com. Um, I think that's the gist of it. Um, so I think next week is a normal week. So uh, thank you to everybody who made it, and we'll we'll talk to you with you all next week.
8: Thanks, everybody.